Hello, the internet, and welcome again to season 133, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of yeah. iHeartRadio. This time I am recording, and this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and oh, fuck Fox on. News. Fuck those Brave. It's Thursday, May 14th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack was shopping in the store late one night (laughs) when his eyes beheld a tasty sight. For Mountain Dew from its shelf began to rise into his cart to his surprise. He bought the blast. He bought the Baja Blast. The Baja (laughs) Blast. How can those six packs last? He bought the blast (laughs) and he drank it fast. He bought the blast. He bought the Baja Blast. That is courtesy of official dickhead. And I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Uh, I like it like that. She working that mass six feet from my back. Social distance from me. Social distance from me. Social distance from me. Social distance from me. Clayton Smith as Spunky Diabetic. Thank you for that wonderful AK. And also, uh, I uh, I made the terrible mistake yesterday to not shout out the author of that uh, Zoom is in the Quar uh, AKA. And that goes to at Cookie Smut. So thank you for that one very much. Cookie Smut. Worth the wait. Smut. S M U T. Yes. Or Shauna, as your display name says. But I'm going off the handles. Shauna, AKA Cookie Smut. Thank you for that ingenious AKA submission. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Jamie Loftus. Hey, Isaac, let's do it. Let's ride my Zamboni. Jeff Honda's through playing. I'm memorizing. I'm corny. Let's do it. No, not you, sonny. Just called all my boomers. Come and Zambone it. That's from Christy Yamaguchi wow. Meme at Crispy so Meme Donut. One of one of my one of my faves. Everyone is still two months deep, and everyone's still on fire with the AKAs. Yeah, yeah. Christy Yamaguchi Meme is so dedicated to AKAs that he follows your mom on Twitter just to like get all of you. To get Raw all right. of the Jamie voice. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. He's that's how he gets into the the mindset to write these these works of pure yep. genius. That's a we, sacrifice at Marshall Girl One. <laughs> he even he took my mother on a date to get into my mind. That's the dedication. <laughs> but it pays uh, well, off we are thrilled and he to was be very joined. respectful. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to They watched Brokeback Mountain and he agreed with all of her takes, just the way she looks it. <laughs> Um, we're thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by the wonderful, the talented, the very funny Kim Winder. Woo! That's my AKA. AKA. Yeah, that's a good one. AKA, what's going on, Red Dot? You know, living the quarantine life as is an essential worker. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Are you an essential worker? I am. Um, Nice. Comics aren't essential, but my day job is. So I was gonna say, I was like, comics, I feel are, but yes. Well, how's that yes, been? Yes. What's life been like? Because I feel like pretty much most of the guests we have are not. Actually, I think you are the first person who is an essential worker, 
and yeah. a guest. What um well, how most of our guests how are your, useless. Yeah, most of our guests are useless comedians who happen to have microphones. <laughs> uh mm. but what's going like you know, what how's your feeling around being an essential worker amidst amidst amid all of this? At first it was very scary, like especially mm. when we didn't know how bad the virus was gonna be. And then it was kind of anger. And now it's just like, thank God I have a job, but I, at what cost, you know? Yeah. yeah. So Do it's you, not even that, yeah, it's more like I feel safe in that like I'll continue to have income because that's the system I'm operating in and that's how I live. But yeah. it's not because you actually are like, oh, good, everything seems like we're doing absolutely everything I can. Or I mean, it just seems like in general, the, the tone of the country is like, we're not doing everything we can to make sure everybody feels safe going to work no matter what they do. Yeah. Right. My employer has been great. Uh, I work for a home servicing company. So like electrical, HVAC, plumbing, that kind of stuff. So we already mm -hmm. had a lot of sanitizer and PPE, but uh, trying to ramp that up as well as keep business going because we're going into people's homes and people are obviously right. very nervous right. about that. So that has been probably the best part i was already in an industry that's very health focused and sanitizing um whereas oh, like right. grocery stores and stuff like that have to just make do have to like deal with up. yeah right yeah. right right a slobs yeah <laughs> um are you having to go into people's houses or are you oh no i'm a office manager so i work part-time right. from home but like payroll oh, and yeah uh, payroll and doing all sorts of like ordering, making sure that my techs are taken care of. You have pets, right? Oh yeah, I do. Two dogs. Do you, do you, as a pet owner, I've been thinking about my relationship with my pets and I'm thinking, man, like, I don't know if I can go back to not being around these little rat rap scallions I got running around. Like, I feel like my pets mm -hmm. may, I feel like my, my relationship to my pets, especially my cats has evolved pretty quickly. Like, cause I'm around all the time now. That they see me less as person who cleans up their feces and urine and feeds them, and like someone who's like, "Hey, that dude's pretty cool. Like, you want to kick it with him? And I smoking, hang out with him." My dog, like uh, my dog Charlie, and then my husband's dog Lucy. Uh, they they just pick. Oh, sides. you have a blended family. Yeah, blended family. Okay. <laughs> That's but very beautiful. Charlie's like half cat. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here all the time? Just <laughs> <laughs> my space." Uh, like he likes having the house to himself and he can't deal with me in his personal time. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing I wonder is how many pets look at the humans and like, get the fuck out of here, please. I feel exactly. like the, the neediness of everyone in my apartment has increased tenfold. Like I, <laughs> I need more from the pets. The pets need more attention from me. Like, I mean, maybe Isaac, Isaac needs more blunts. <laughs> Isaac needs more <laughs> blunts and little kisses on the head. Like there, there's like, there's, there's times during the day now where I'm like, damn, I hope Isaac makes me an egg soon. And I, I'm oh. like, ne I'm needy as fuck now. I need eggs. I love that I video love. that one of your followers reposted when you described the things not so being on HBO and making you an egg. Is the egg that he makes scrambled, hard boiled, over easy, sunny side up, over hard, over medium? That's on me. I should have been more uh, specific. Just, he makes I'm an curious. over easy egg and he puts a piece of cheese on it and he puts that on, in a tortilla and he brings it over to me and oh. he's like, here's your snack. That sounds amazing. I it's don't really know good. what love is. It's really good. A little egg taco. Like, it rocks. 
An extra Our, quesadilla. A little bit of guacamole <laughs> if we got it. All right, Kim, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Uh, we're going to talk about Tara Reed's Megan Kelly interview and just the Tara Reed story in general. Uh, we're going to talk about Manafort being out of the clink. We're going to talk about uh, what Republicans think Americans do and do not deserve. Uh, we're going to talk about Trump trying to get the CDC to change the death toll numbers. Uh, most importantly, we're going to talk about the Robert Pattinson interview. Uh, and Of all the things you know, we just talked about, most yeah. importantly, the Robert course, Pattinson pasta course, the most escapade. Important. All of that, plenty more. But first, Kim, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Outdoor swimming pools above ground for adults. <laughs> Ooh. A doughboy, a little doughboy action. Well, like it's been so hot here, and I've been lazy in my workouts, so I mm -hmm. just kind of want to wade around in a pool. And it doesn't yeah. help that both neighbors, like I'm blocked in by houses with pools, and I'm the only house on my block without one. So I oh. just I need to I need it. <laughs> How is it just from the heat or just like you the feeling of water? Is it everything? You're just a water, you are a water sign? Oh yeah. Well, no, I'm a Libra <laughs> all the way. But um I just love swimming. I was a lifeguard yeah. for like six years and then oh, wow. going to the beach and everything now that it's been closed off, it's just been like suffocating me. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, how what's like the cheapest above ground pool? I feel like is it like, yeah. I feel like the cheaper ones are like a couple hundred, but it feels like a big plastic bag that could just tear apart at any moment. And the other ones, like you're spending like over 1500 to like get something a little more substantial. Oh, totally. So uh, looking at like the cheaper ones, like the 400, 500, it is the blow up ones with sandbags and stuff, but my oh. dogs also love the water. So that's just asking for a one-time use. But oh, right. yeah, yeah, anything, <laughs> one time use pools. <laughs> yeah, just three feet of maybe. And then right, right, right. the actual uh, plastic hard ones that are like a couple grand. It, they're nice, but it still seems like a lot of wear and tear, whereas right. uh, the in-ground pools would be a better investment. I remember my friend Chris, his family got an above ground pool, a doughboy pool. And we used to go like do this thing where it, me, him, and his brother would run so fast around the pool to create a vortex <laughs> and then trap his sister in the middle. Uh, oh and then like and then like throw beach balls and stuff and just like with three bodies moving around. I don't know. We learned a lot about uh fluid No, that's movement, that's the funnest dynamics. stuff. Like you go fast mm -hmm. enough and then you try to go against the current. <laughs> right. And, exactly. <laughs> or you just let go and pretend like you're gonna die, but it's fun. It's like a sad, lazy river basically. Or you're being flushed yeah. down the toilet, I think it, is what it feels yes. like. Yes. I've got one Watching. of those like twenty five dollar ones you can get at CVS. Just like it's basically just like a wide bucket. You know that yeah, one yeah. that you like yeah. put babies in. That one in a pinch, the the pool for babies is nice. When it was getting <laughs> was getting really hot, I just wanted like to feel like a summery experience. I want to just like put on sunscreen. And so All right, right. It was it was sad. My neighbor like walked out into the yard and was just like, "Hi," and I was like, "I'm through clenched teeth." Like being in a baby pool in a one piece. I would, up. I would even resort to being in a bathtub with cold water, but I don't even have a bathtub, so I'm just oh, no. standing in my shower, sad, 
drinking oh. canned rosé because shower beers, but rosé. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> okay. They're yes. great. Um, <laughs> Rocks. But I, it's not the same. I want to be engulfed in water. Yeah. Watching uh, above ground pools break with people in them is uh, also a lot of fun. I oh, oh treasured, treasured oh, moments. Yes. That's like that's like the most wholesome edging you can engage in. Yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> is a blast. People spilling um, out of a doughboy pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did that once growing up. We were grounded for like it was intentional. It's like, what if I just lean like press a little bit, and then we flooded the entire backyard. Oh my! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> but it was fun. It was worth it. Yeah. Like as long as someone's shooting yeah. slow-mo on their iPhone, you've got something. Oh, right. What is something you think is underrated? Tortilla presses. Um, before quarantine, I bought a tortilla press from Amazon for like 10 bucks, and it's cast iron. But making your own tortillas, one, is super cheap. Two, makes the taco or um, oh tostada taste so much better. And... I don't know why people still buy from like boxes or just the pre-made stuff. It, so wait, you totally got your own it. masa going and you're flattening oh, yeah. it out and then, wow, okay. Hell yeah. Last like weekend, uh, last weekend I spent probably seven hours making tamales and then pre-batching um, tortillas that you can just keep in the freezer. So anytime right. we do our taco night, I just pull it out, let them defrost then heat them up. Oh, best great. best purchase I've made for my kitchen are you in a, a long time. Are you a pre-batch type of person? Like, is that something you know, or is this a is this a quar thing, a quar uh, moment? Part quar, part it makes sense because even though homemade tortillas are super easy to make, it's very right. time extensive. So, right. I tried doing it on the fly once, and taco taco night you think is pretty quick, just a messy throw together dinner most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. But it took me like two hours. So <laughs> after hey, that, I'm like, respect okay. Respect on it with those homemade tacos, though. Or oh, homemade man. tortillas. Yeah, we can't go back. And so th- this is, you're making homemade tortillas, and then do you use it for anything? Like, do you make anything on it? Like, once the tortillas are made, are you making, like, fajitas on there, or is it just just for the tortilla making? Yeah, it, there's always a purpose. Like, I'm not against just making a tortilla, then heating it up with butter and brown sugar. Well, it's a corn yeah. tortilla. That's not a flour tortilla. Yeah, I haven't oh, tried okay. my hand yet. Anytime I touch flour, it seems to explode all over the kitchen, and I'm just yeah. finding flour. Well, and, and also cracks. like flowers, flour has flour tortillas have their place in time. Like when you're doing a real taco, though, you want a corn tortilla anyway. So yeah, and lie to myself an saying egg on it. I I'm actually <laughs> going to try that. <laughs> Once you said <laughs> egg and cheese, I'm like, oh that. Mm-hmm. I need to get variety. I think our diets are so condensed to like certain meals now. I just mm-hmm. need to experiment. I'm making okay. so many quesadillas, uh, not on <laughs> any sort of press. Just, but that is, uh, I just have a lot of shredded cheese and a lot of tortillas. That's uh, you can just eat the shredded cheese. You can and just then- eat the cheese out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. find that like my kids are not as big a fan of that, just like making cheese snowballs and putting it in their mouths. But um, a cheese apple, <laughs> just taking a big old yeah. bite out of a cheese apple. Ooh, <laughs> I love a cheese. The apple. thing you got, the thing I've been doing with my shredded cheese is like I'm just I hard fry it onto the pan, and then I'll make toad mm. in the hole on top of that. 
Oh, yeah. nice. Ooh, you know what I mean? Delicious. So you get your you get your little handful of cheese. So what I do is first I'll probably cook like one strip of bacon and then I use all the fat that I've rendered from that one strip to have my pan lubricated. Then I'll turn the heat down. I'll put a handful of cheese, let that start sizzling. And I know it's starting to fry. I take my hollowed core piece of white bread, lay it on top, then crack Ooh. my egg in the middle. And then when I see mm. that, I get the spatula under and I know the cheese is coming loose. Flip that MF over. Yeah. Get a nice little sear on that side yeah. and then you just have like a one just a one hitter of breakfast mm. i've been getting really into uh trader joe's raviolis they got lots of flavors of raviolis they got little <laughs> they got little pumpkin raviolis you just boil water boom you got pumpkin raviolis you frying them wow no not making an extra effort with them yeah just heating true. up the water <laughs> And making my pumpkin raviolis are delicious. I think that's, to me, been the most finesse food I miss is fried food because I don't mm -hmm. keep enough mm -hmm. oil to deep fry anything. I don't but I also realize, like, I've been eating much healthier because I don't have fries, like, within arm's reach constantly or fried whatever because I love oh, I love fried food. Uh, but, yeah, feels like a luxury yeah. item now. I realized that I was, like, looking at, I was, like, I look different. Like, my skin looked different and I was like, oh, I think I've been just drinking like eight glasses of water a day. <laughs> I don't think Whoa. I've ever done that. I, I see, like, get in here. It's true what they say. <laughs> uh, Kim, what is something you think is overrated? That's a good question because I've been bouncing around. I, okay, I'll say eye contact. Like ever since mm. they mm. mandated masks, like... I am a very passive, non-aggressive person, so I could get away with just like smile, kind of hunch my shoulders, but that is taken away with the masks. So yeah. eye contact is the only way to non-verbally communicate with people, and mm. I fucking hate it so much. I I don't want to look you in the <laughs> eye, sir. Please just cut in front of me. I goodbye. Yeah, and they're like looking like like bug eyed, like hi, mm, yeah, mm, here. <laughs> And you're like, okay, yes, whatever, please just don't hurt me. I like I've realized too, I when I go in the store, I'll have like headphones in, like like I'll blast a podcast or something just to keep me dialed right in. I'm just like in my zone. And then like the someone was speaking to me, but their eyes were just lighting up and I couldn't mm -hmm. hear. And I'm like, I was like, I have noise canceling in, man. Like, I don't know <laughs> what is going on, but I am being helped. Thank you. And like I just didn't, it's hard to even know if someone's talking to you sometimes with just their eyes i'm learning new skills yeah I feel like are they talking to you or did they actually see toilet paper in the aisle behind you like right there's there's <laughs> right. no middle ground it's it's hard and then some people like people obviously paint on their eyebrows but some people have just static brows they don't move like the hair right, is right. there but the muscle isn't so right it's just been more of a social thing for me trying to navigate life and right. it's it's overrated i'm done with it i want my mouth back yeah. <laughs> i want my mouth back. <laughs> <laughs> what is a myth what's something people think is true that you know to be false or vice versa um maybe controversial but i think napoleon's personal life is way more interesting than his military career um mm. or dictatorship his family drama is just over the top kardashian level type shit and give his love hits. life i did not know that give us some hits uh, well my favorite is his love letters to josephine like he explicitly states 
he can't wait to frolic through her little black forest. So oh, oh I remember that line. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Wait, what and does that, that mean? Pubes? Hit, yeah, her pubes. Napoleon uh, went down. He was wait, a what? generous lover. Woo! I thought he was talking about the drink at Coffee Bean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they did that after. I talk about the ham. Can't <laughs> <laughs> okay, the fuck did a ham grow? AKA your butt. <laughs> Wasn't he really oh, into uh, like body odor? He was. He was very pheromone sensitive. Yeah, I guess he didn't shower very much. Like he had very slick and oily hair. Almost mm. incel level when he met Josephine because she was actually part of uh the upper middle class and almost died in the revolution but missed the guillotine by a couple days or something. So he hooked on to her Aww. for her class status, but he hadn't had a partner before her and like totally was into it, totally was in love with her, then had a messy breakup so he could date uh, I want to say a princess of Austria. And then after that, that's when his family comes in and they want titles, they want land. They were bickering over uh, who has the better status. And it it's just a mess. And I, I've gone yep. down a lot of rabbit holes. So the military, oh. Waterloo, whatever, Rosetta Stone, fine. But yeah. personal life, he muff dives. He must have. <laughs> yeah, good Muff for him. Like, uh, yeah, say like my T-shirt, guys. Look, it's my T-shirt. Short King Napoleon. He did go down. So yeah, mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like his. That's one of the great unexplored, uh, like historical docu series that we we still need the the great Napoleon. Like the only the only example we have is from Get Shorty, right? The the fake. Um, oh yeah, Danny DeVito. Oh, Danny DeVito. Movie. That was it. Was like a <laughs> fake Oscar that. movie. I've been right, thinking right, about right. Get Shorty so much lately. I don't even know. I I don't even know why. I think about Renee it's... Russo a lot, and not even because Outbreak, yeah. but just in <laughs> yeah. general. I had a Renee Russo. She p- popped into my dreams like as a ticket taker somewhere. I was like, okay, Renee. Whoa, you work at AMC now? Oh, All right, cool. Good to see you. Because <laughs> um, I was going to a movie, and I think it was movie. Get Shorty. I don't know. It was, I'm I've, these choir dreams. They I are know. weird. I had a dream yeah. that Johnny Depp was my chiropractor. Yeah. Don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I was okay with it. I woke up feeling, all right, <laughs> new day. You, and yeah, and you realized you were wearing one of his turquoise bracelets when you woke up. <laughs> like how I beat Shaq. Exactly. Wait, what? You're like, I like every time you have a dream about a celebrity, you have to wake up with like a piece of their clothing on and then you know it wasn't actually oh, right, right, right. and it really <gasps> happened. <gasps> you were just wearing one of Shaq's shoes. Aaron Carter really beat Shaq in the game. He couldn't uh. have gotten that jersey otherwise. <laughs> you wake up sleeping inside Shaq's shoe. <laughs> All right, Kim, uh, guys, everyone, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So the Tara Reid uh, story. So she did an interview with Megyn Kelly after not being interviewed by any like cable or network news outlet. Um, the New Yorker kind of did a review of of the interview and just of like where we are with the story. They also pointed towards this Vox article that was pretty interesting from. Yeah. A reporter who has been like 
in touch with Tara Reed and working with Tara Reed uh, since she first came forward. She was one of the sources uh, that was like, yeah, Joe Biden does a lot of uncomfortable touching and basically, you know, he needs to stop doing that, but hadn't like fully told uh, the full extent of her accusations at that time. So this reporter just kind of talked about it, it was kind of refreshing because the reporter, uh, Laura McGann, was just like kind of talking through why she f- she feels like she's in a difficult position because Terry Reed is a abuse survivor and a lot of the things that people are pointing to, they're like, well, why didn't she come out and say it in the first place? And it's like, no, that's how people who are survivors like a lot of times like experience their trauma and also you sound exactly like the republicans when christine blasey ford was up there making accusations i think that's what's really odd to me too is like how how selective we are with how like how or how consistently we're willing to apply these sort of standards i think that yeah it's really frustrating and telling um of like how where the DNC is, is, is at, like, it's, I, I find it fucking infuriating, um, how this has been handled where it, I mean, like you're saying, Miles, it's handled in a very similar way to how people try to discount Christine Blasey Ford, but the DNC and, and many Democrats fortunately made a, uh, made a kind of, I mean, for lack of a better word, a show of believing her, but you know, when there is a, woman whose story is inconvenient for the cause, um, all of a sudden you you see really very, very few people standing up, which is what I liked best about this New Yorker piece by Doreen St. Felix, who's a really good writer, was just kind of detailing how Tara Reid's story is inconvenient for Democrats who are wearing the Believe Women t-shirts and are touting their own wokeness but then if it affects the i mean it's like every like you know obviously every democrat and every left-leaning person wants trump out of office but that doesn't mean that these conversations shouldn't happen and that they should just be ignored and there's just i mean there's democrats who are ignoring or just discounting this story when you have to believe you know based on their former, like th- their previous actions, that if there was a woman with an a credible accusation against a political opponent, they would be all all over it the way that they were when Kavanaugh was getting, um, you know, was was being elected to the Supreme Court or whatever. There, but I mean, it's 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 disappointing. Uh, Doreen St. Felix points out that. Uh, Stacey Abrams, Elizabeth Warren, and Kirsten Gillibrand have all said that they believe Joe Biden, who it's just, it's like, (laughs) it's really disheartening. Yeah, yeah. And it's disingenuous and it's against what at least I believed that those women stood for. Um, And, you know, I, I, I just, I find it really frustrating that like a, like a woman's story, especially a 27 year old story. So again, we're dealing with a large time gap, which happens with traumatic um, incidents and like bringing them to light all the time. It takes a long time to process that trauma and you don't want the intense like scrutiny 
I mean, I, I understand why, I guess the, the only angle I can understand is why people are kind of annoyed that she's talked to Megyn Kelly because Megyn Kelly has such a sordid track record. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, if if I were to be like, who's the best person to do this interview? Megyn yeah. Kelly would be nowhere near the top of my list. I understand that frustration. Uh, but there's no... But I no mean, one else in the media was willing to actually give her the time of day to have a real interview. Ex- like she had things lined up with r- bigger networks and then... But there's no way CNN or Fox News was going to give her a fair shake in a way that wasn't angled to what they wanted to. Like, I mean, when you see a story on CNN and you see a story on Fox News, they want to take almost every story to a very specific place. Whether you agree with where they're taking it or not is another story. But they're both like pretty like they have their hand on one one scale or another. Um, I get why she wouldn't want to talk to them. Megyn Kelly is a weird choice. Uh, I agree with that. But I, I just, it's really frustrating to hear people just dismiss it because. Have, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's like this, it's this combination of the anxiety of, I've received many uh, communications from people being like, well, don't talk about it. Then Joe Biden's going to lose. Or why are you talking? You want him to lose? No, I don't want Joe Biden. I don't want Trump to be the president. Let's get that straight. What I do need is a country where I look at the way the political parties move and we don't leave people behind. We leave women behind when we don't listen and we don't actually take things seriously and we perpetuate this, you know, status quo of being like, "Mm, so let's weaponize wokeness when it's convenient for our, you know, shell game of power. Rather well, than being like, we have a real, we have to actually address a, a disturbing dynamic in society, and we have to begin at like making real change there. It's the same way I look at racism and white supremacy in this country. If mm-hmm. every time we allow unarmed black people to just get murdered by citizens and police alike, and we don't actually, and we have these sham trials and allow these terrible laws where people can assume that they have, they can put people under citizens arrest and use loopholes to murder people. And I don't see enough action on that. We were leaving people of color behind. We leave LGBTQ people behind. And that's where every time we get casual with it, I'm like, nah, see, that's the problem. We get too casual. If the net is not tight enough, then we leave shit behind. And that's what I think is frustrating when we look at all these, you know, constant problems we have. It's frustrating and exhausting because this story has been out for months and forever. I was talking to people, have you heard about this? And they're like, oh, you're just on, you're on Reddit. You're on those fringe websites where it's not a thing. And it's like, no, it's actively being blocked and people are excusing it. And then we see like related issues where Betsy DeVos approved, uh, I can't remember the title name, but Schools don't have to report sexual harassment or sexual um, incidents anymore. Yeah, Title IX. There we go. And basically, people don't report their assault because it's shaming, because they have to relive it. They have to deal with the uh, pushback on it. And then to say, we're going to cross-examine you and you don't have to report this to the authorities is just, it's heartbreaking. So. All, all of this is just quietly quietly breaking down any faith I have in the establishment in society. And like Elizabeth Warren, when she backed Joe Biden, I just kind of, I sighed very, very deeply. Just, it hurts. All of it hurts. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, yeah. and I, I think like, I mean, even going off um, what you're saying, Kim, it, it's... 
it's so frustrating whenever, I mean, because it comes up every single, it feels like you're having the same conversation uh, with people who are politically inconvenient, whether it's a woman who's been assaulted, whether it's an unarmed black person, like anyone who's politically inconvenient, we're having the same conversation over and over and not getting anywhere. And in this situation, with the whole narrative of like, well, then why didn't she report it sooner? First of all, she did say things much sooner. And on top of that, like, it's so frustrating to have the onus put on victims to come forward when every shred of evidence in the American judicial system is that you will never get justice. I mean, like, even though at least you felt like Christine Blasey Ford was held out, Kavanaugh still got his job. Is you she know? still like in she- hiding? Like, is oh, she I, still I protected? Had to go into hiding. Yeah, it's just like her life who, was ruined. Yeah, that's how fucked up it is. If you come forward and you want to be honest with what happened to you and try to make a difference, you're going to be punished into silence and fear of death. It right, right, and even above all of this too is like the the reason why you know I think. What's funny is at least like there are white people who are performative allies and will be like, oh, I ran 2.23 miles for Ahmaud Arbery, which I think is great. Thank you. Uh, But, you know, tackling white supremacy is not limited to a a jog you took on one day. Uh, It's it Mm -hmm. is a constant. You have to uh, exercise constant vigilance, not only over your thinking, uh, over the things you are saying out loud, over the things you are allowing other people to say around you, around the way you are allowing people to be treated in front of you. It's not just, and look, I was touched by the amount of people I saw who were really up in arms about that. But like anything, it's not just, I will voice my opinion, it's bad, let's move on. It's the same thing. You have to address the situation. You have to say, hold on, I have to dedicate myself. If I'm going to be someone who's contributing positively then I want to make sure I am a node in this connection of people and contact where I will not allow, you know, uh, the subversion of women's rights or agency to happen around me, to have white supremacy happen around me. I will speak up against that and I will have to take a stand because I need to also, we have to maintain a certain level to begin to move forward. Um, and I, it's, I think when we look on top of all of that, the stakes of Joe Biden losing are not just a for people who are absolutely afraid of a Trump campaign, but even before that, are having candidates like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders who would absolutely, you know, were articulating plans to upend to certain degrees the financial power dynamic in this country. And that's a whole other reason, too. It's not just like, ah, it'd be Trump. It's like, well, there's also another wealthier class and interests that are like, we also can't have Joe Biden lose because Trump is messing up my money and I need to right. make more. And this guy is friendly to my positions as a business owner that will actually prioritize my own financial gain over that of the well-being of the human beings that I employ. We got to yeah. stop thinking we're the exception or those people are the exception to the rule. Joe Biden does not get to be the exception to the rule of <laughs> don't assault women. Like it, right. We yeah. just yeah. have this constant thought of this is the rule. This is the rule. Oh, but not that guy. Just him's fine. And again, if you're innocent, right, then have, then full, have, just be out there and say, uh, yes, please investigate this. I'm innocent. I would love nothing more than to clear my name, much in the same way that they were saying, like, well, the FBI should talk to, well, they offered that. But again, if if you truly, you know, if if we're always going to be about applying the same standards across the board, then we should say, yeah, then have it. And great. 
for Biden supporters, like, and it turned out to her name was cleared, then everyone can move forward. If not, then we also need to discuss that and talk about what we're willing to stomach and what what is acceptable. Because I just don't think the way things are going and this, like, the how easily we're able to excuse these terrible behaviors of men in power is just like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there the the more that this story develops, the I mean. I don't know. I started believing her. And, and the more the story develops, it's just like, it's a credible accusation and there should be a conversation around it. Even if Joe Biden remains the nominee and we need to get Trump out of office, I get it. I get it. I get it. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a conversation about these things. My favorite, mm-hmm. uh, my, or I think that the line that stood out to me from this Doreen St. Felix piece that I took away from it anyways, was uh, she says, Reed is an inconvenience for those Me Too advocates who have fixated on the exhortation to, quote, believe women, unquote. The slogan may have signaled a necessary cultural shift, but listen to women women would have been a better cornerstone. And I think yeah. what we hear yeah. a lot of people here is just a flat out la la la. I don't want to hear this because, yeah. yeah. I need my white yeah, knight. I think that's right. Yeah. It's the same way, you know, it's like anything, right? Every All these people, celebrities, whatever, they represent something for other people. It's the same way like Michael Jackson fans can't accept that there's <laughs> there are these accusations against him. It's the same. It's this self-preservation. Like, Trumpers do that when they see CDC numbers and they see, and Trump does it when he sees poll numbers. It's this preservation of like, I can't accept that because that would be too much to even think like, oh, that maybe this isn't the right guy, but he's got to win because I obviously can't have this racist asshole in there because people are dying. It's just it's a lot to fucking deal with. I mean, I'm sorry, but just living in America is a lot to deal with if you really want to look deep enough. But mm. that's just that's the situation we're in. And now we have to look towards November and see all the people who are vying to be VP picks say whatever they need to to make sure they're in the good graces of the nominee yeah that's yeah and i guess that that's the other thing is like if you if you're like a i mean not that a politician will ever do it regardless of what party they're in really but like uh you know the willingness to take a hit and to like potentially lose something or sacrifice something in order to like stand up for like someone who is actively being erased um like that's that's a person that you can trust and i it's really frustrating and disappointing that um democrats that i i had a lot of respect for feel the need to dismiss this story in order to maintain their own power i think mm-hmm. that's the thing you have to realize none of these people are your heroes you know when They're you not, get there no. when you're in the house and you're the senate uh-huh. you've you have you've been the the coach has sent you from the bench there's a line change and you are now in the game and you have to play the game or else you will be a one and done politician. There are people who better... like to go out there with their chest out and actually stand for something. Unfortunately, the system and the election cycles will chew you up and spit you out unless you have a very kind constituency that will always reelect you. But for the most part, it's very difficult to to maintain that. That's why we see very few people who are like, wow, this person's been really consistent with like this anti-corporate stance or There's... this thing. It's just because yeah. that's the nature. It's a fuck. It's a game. It's well, yeah. I mean, that's like a that's there, no one. No one is on your side, and no one is actually with you. But it's just, yeah. I mean, like you, yeah. you already know if there is a credible uh, accusation made against a Republican, uh, Elizabeth Warren's going to make a T-shirt about it. 
And here in this situation, we get, I believe, Joe Biden. So it's just it's just everyone's firing on some bullshit at at 100. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Going full, I believe, Joe Biden is. uh, That's such a weird thing. It's it's the uh, it's the antithesis of everything we've been hearing. This woman. Yeah. 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 Um, it's uh, actively choosing a side rather than like I mean, just say they, I don't believe Tara Reid. That's what you yeah, should say. The the Vox yeah. article that is a, from the perspective that Doreen St. Felix keeps pointing to is like a really good article that everybody should read about this. It's from a reporter who's tried to report the story and it gets into like the difficulty of this story that like this reporter, uh, Laura McGann, has been like trying to get things corroborated and you know this is a very difficult story because she believes uh she believes terry but she also like hasn't been able to prove it to this point yeah i I, that's why i I really i called out the listen to women being the thing that needs to needs to change like that line from the doreen st felix thing is like such a such a powerful line yeah, and at the very least, it's like, listen in the sense that you say, wow, that's alarming. I will listen to you in that I'm hearing what you're saying, and I will look into this because I heard what you said, right. and that's alarming to me. Let so the information, mm-hmm. don't like block it out. Like you have to, your mind has to be able to contain different information. Like we're about to transition to a story where Democrats are... Uh, the good guys again, because the House Democrats are pushing for a stimulus package that, you know, well, not perfect is like something that has working people and not billionaires in mind more than other people. But it's like, I, I mean, I feel it too. Like there's a tension there because the people who we're talking about and rooting for in this other story are the same people who are legitimately straight up ignoring this person's account and it's it's hard but it's also we live in a complex world and we have to have a worldview and you know be able to interact with the news in a way that makes room for the fact that two things can be true at once and it's not just yeah and well and we Mm -hmm. i think we just need this two-party system just absolutely it's just we've gone to the outer limits of fucking reality at this point. It's like, fuck it, dude. Like, just split the fucking atom and, like, let's throw in something new now. Like, I can't... It's, again, because there's so much money in how our our policies and our laws are made. That's really just... It all boils down to that, really. There's just... And it's, it's not w- even money that we have. It's no, money it, <laughs> we aspire to have. Because right. we're built upon, oh, you could be a millionaire, too. So protect so their interests because... For, don't make it hot yeah. for me. If you if you want to be a millionaire, you got to make sure that they're taken care of. If you want to make it to the island of economic (laughs) prosperity, please toil until your number is called and do not speak ill of the island. Um, Yeah, this bill, you know, it's they're really again, because it's like this binary of like Republicans are like, we're going to pretend this boots. We're going to use this bootstrap line to basically not advocate for vulnerable people on one hand. And then you have 
the Democrats who put together, a, you know, their next phase, which is essentially addressing a lot of the things we've all been talking about. There's funding for the Postal Service, the census to protect elections and make those safer. There's a 15 percent increase in food stamp aid. There's an there's an additional fund being created for more rent and mortgage aid for people and utility bills. There's they're reopening the like healthcare exchange. They want to reopen it and offer people COBRA if they lose their insurance to the job. Obviously, COBRA is expensive, but look, there's a way to maintain that level of quote unquote high level of uh, health insurance. There's also expanded direct cash payments. So like it's very similar to the CARES Act, which was the first thing about getting everyone get their twelve hundred dollar check. Uh, and then it obviously tapers off up until 99,000. But they're also making it so people or families that have up to three children can get $1,200 per child, up to three children. So that's like mm-hmm. potential, that's a that's $6,000 right there Jack, for a you family. you have to have right. another kid. I know, I'm working <laughs> on that. Yeah. Oh, welfare queen. Um, and then <laughs> so this also, the other thing I think that's really important is that they're also finally allowing for this money to reach non-citizens who also file taxes and pay taxes, which has been a big thing yeah. because yeah. we have immigrants here who still kick up money to Uncle Sam, but somehow we're left out in all of this. So this is addressing mm-hmm. that. I think that's really fantastic. Uh, they're also saying that additional 600 uh, for unemployment insurance, it, extending that to January of 2021, a trillion dollars for states and local municipalities because these are the people who've actually been doing the work to fucking help people throughout this uh, pandemic. A $200 billion heroes fund for essential workers to ensure they're like maintaining like a proper wage and that they stay employed no matter what happens. Um, strict, and then the along with that, stricter OSHA standards. Because that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So for the the working conditions have to be improved for people to feel like they can go back to work. And one of the big hangups that they had in the Senate with Trump and McConnell was like, well, you know, there's gonna be a lot of lawsuits, and we don't want to, you know, be vulnerable because we're forcing people to work in unsafe conditions. Nancy Pelosi's like, okay, well, if we raise OSHA standards to a level that we that we see as being like fully, fully taking into consideration the safety of your workers. There will be no lawsuits because it's up to OSHA standards. So what we'll do is right. we'll make the OSHA standards higher. So that way you can eat shit. And now these companies can spend what they need to to make sure their employees look. You can either spend it now and keep them safe or get, you know, fear those lawsuits. And then the other thing is $75 billion for more testing, tracing, and treatment. So it's, yeah. you know, the Senate is obviously like, it's a no for me, dog, on arrival because they're <laughs> right. all saying things like, That's we don't expensive. need to. Yeah, they're like we don't. I mean, we don't need to look at anything till at least Memorial Day, um, and right. then we'll ah. see. But there's no, but no one's offering actually an actual counterpoint to this of like, oh no, people don't need help during this time where they cannot work. Yeah, I, yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised by how like approaching comprehensive this plan is. I mean, there's still stuff that needs to be done that isn't in here, but yeah. especially um, the like with non citizens um, and and the OSHA standards. I mean. It's a good plan. I I wonder what it would take for it to get passed. Um, well, that's but the thing. it sounds great. <laughs> a lot of people are stressing now because they don't when they see the governor's polls going up when they are actually taking people's like livelihoods and safety into consideration and people yeah. like that. Yeah, the Republican <laughs> strategists are now stressing. They're like, oh fuck! Like if they're doing well, like it could be potentially a terrible look saying. No help for you on these bills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I because think that's, now, 
It's yeah. like a political football. They're still figuring it out. I mean, that's, but we'll see because at the end of the day, their overlords are these like, you know, the American prosperity fucks who are just like, no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't bleed out the country to help people put them to work. But that's why I was, uh, uh, that's at least why I was strategically smart for Democrats to put this out there and in a highly public way so that Republicans need to say no to this thing that is, uh, offering all these things that Americans desperately need right now. And meanwhile, the right. president is offering to revise death numbers down so that he doesn't look as bad. Like, I mean, I, I do feel yeah. like this has to be getting through to people, even the people who've been ignoring everything. Well, we were even talking about yesterday about, like, it is encouraging to see, like, People are out here appreciating their Republican governors because strictly because like they don't want you to die. Like there <laughs> yeah, is some potential yeah. for some for some like bipartisanship here. If like especially on a state level and a city level, um, even if you don't align with them politically perfectly, they give a fuck if you live or die, and they're offering resources and plans to get people you know get people through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't collect I mean, taxes is- if you're dead. Yep. Mm, right. Facts. It is somewhat like reassuring. I mean, that a lot of the things that we talk about on this show make me more cynical, but like we are still seeing like 70% of the global population doing the same thing with the same goal in mind, which probably hasn't happened at any other point in human history. Yeah. Like everybody making the same sacrifice to like stay at home. Right. The pandemics helped the left and the right distill all of their values back down to common ground level where we can see eye to eye. And I guess for some, we're still missing some people because it seems like so far, most people agree human life more important than money. Uh, Your life is more important. The life of your family is more important. So it's odd. We had to go literally down to brass tacks here. Like, okay, fuck it. Let's not talk about abortion. Let's talk about gun control. Let's not talk about any of this other shit. True or false? Would you rather have money in your pocket or uh, your your family die? Which one would you choose right. if it was a binary? Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a, another quick break and we'll come back and talk about Robert Pattinson. And we're back. Well, yeah, this is. And we're talking. He, he thrives in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the only person I know who was prepared. We're Robert talking Evans. about Robert Evans. Uh, we we started talking about things we're binging uh, to keep away from the news. And Behind the Bastards, one of the shows on our network, along with the Bechdel cast, are two that I've just had on steady rotation. Uh, they're yeah. they're great great ways to uh, occupy your mind, make your mind sharper, while also you know relaxing and listening. But binging to bastards funny in people. the quart. Binging bastards in the choir is a move, though, because some of you can well, you so can get one of those it's episodes for me. It's giving me broader context for how bad shit is throughout history, so <laughs> oh, that now doesn't feel true. quite as bad, or at least it feels like of a piece with history, so that we're like, like I just listened to the episode where he went back through the um, capital like versus the West Virginia miners strike and it's mm-hmm. wild, but it also like puts into perspective, like what we're dealing with is not 
out of the ordinary. This is what how American capitalism has worked. And, you know, there are things that you can do to deal with it. A podcast I've been listening to that is truly freeing in that it has nothing to do with anything is uh, the American Girl podcast, it, which is not officially, <laughs> it's not officially it's not sanctioned official. by the company. Okay. No, it's, it's not official. But it's about it? It's, it's the yeah, unofficial it's, American Girl podcast. The unauthorized. It's two, it's two female historians analyzing all the American Girl doll books Holy one shit. by one. It's really, really, really good. I've been enjoying it so much. So if you were like an American Girl, like even a casual fan of them. Girl. Yeah, she's. I've been listening through the, their season about Josefina. Is good shit. Who's Josefina? Wow. Josefina is a girl from New Mexico in the 1800s. Wow. Um, Josefina Montoya, one of the originals. Uh, but it's re- It's. I've been enjoying it so much. <laughs> I just love that as a premise. It's like these two historians. Open the fucking vault to look back at the American Girl doll books and just break them down. Right. And they love, they like loved the, they're like in their 30s. So they like had the dolls and now they're going back and like looking at how the books were written from a historical perspective. They're super critical of them. Like there's the, one of the OGs, Felicity, who is like the American Revolution doll. They're like, Wow, Felicity is out here really ignoring slavery these in these books. Like the way <laughs> and just like it's really fun. It sounds amazing, but American girl dolls were too expensive for my parents, so I kind of am pissed off too. Like I want to enjoy it, but Ooh, right. I lust I lusted after them. I like I couldn't afford same deal like we couldn't afford one, but mm-hmm. I I got all the books from the library. So I like read the books. Oh, uh, gotcha. That oh, wow. in uh, life-size Barbies that came with the dress that you could wear. I was a very fat child, <laughs> so I couldn't fit the dresses. But we couldn't afford it either, so it's still a win, I guess. This has been, yeah. The getting. I feel like getting... every my-size Barbie ended up turning into like a tackling dummy in someone's backyard. Like I feel like <laughs> in high school, like there was always someone's like younger siblings my-size Barbie. They'd be like. Yo, let's hit some baseballs at it, or like just it's, fucking like we. I don't know. I feel like that's the life, the life cycle of the my size. Barbie. That's any Barbie. Having a my size Barbie as a child is definitely a status symbol of yes. sorts. That's that's right. been my like glow up as an adult is just getting nice dolls for myself. That and the dream house too, the like legit oh, yeah. dream house with Next the elevator. <sighs> yeah. Well, speaking of dreams, let's talk about Robert Pattinson, you guys. <laughs> um, oh, baby. Jamie, you read the article. I read the article. Okay. Uh, this so this is uh, I know that like celebrities are canceled, but th- but they're not for real. And so uh, so Robert Pattinson has <laughs> a storied history of giving wild ass interviews because he doesn't like doing interviews, and he's he's a loose cannon, and I think he's really bored right now. So I guess I will I'll before we get into the interview he just gave to GQ which was bananas um I'll start by prefacing my previous favorite Robert Pattinson interview stunt which was back in 2011 he was promoting a movie called Water for Elephants it had something to do with a circus mm-hmm. uh and he went on the Today show with Matt Lauer 
And Matt Lauer's asking, you know, bullshit softball morning show questions. He's like, oh, did you ever want to join the circus when you were a kid? And Robert Pattinson comes out and says, no, the first time I went to see the circus, somebody died. One of the clowns <laughs> died. And then, oh my God. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes on to say, the clown's little car exploded. The joke car <gasps> oh my God. exploded. And he just like, this interview ages very well because it's also fucking Matt Lauer. And he just like silences right. Matt Lauer and Matt Lauer's like, Oh, <laughs> and then the interview continues. Is the worst. I He's think, horrible. I mean, obviously, for the reasons that we've learned, uh, mm-hmm. but also just the yeah, I guess but just like as a we per- don't need like, the also, but just he, he was a sh- on every level. Yeah, yeah, he like his personality and his presence as a media like entity, like I feel like just stopped making, just fell off a cliff of making sense, like. 10 years ago and now it's like looking back is like why are we letting this smug asshole be like Ugh. professionally smug and professionally an asshole His anyways I love Robert oh, Pattinson buddy. ever since I saw Good Time oh he's yeah he's he's like a good fun act like he gets away with shit that it almost makes me salty because like male actors can get away with anything and just be called a genius but that's not robert pattinson's fault that's the culture's fault so anyways robert pattinson comes out like a couple years later and admits that the whole clown thing was a lie (gasps) he's like i made the whole thing up of course it's it's coming back to haunt me it was really (laughs) early in the morning someone asked me what my experience with the circus was and i was like i have nothing interesting to say i don't know why i said that so he just lied to matt lauer and so in this gq interview robert pattinson has been plus quarantine equals it's going to be a good interview. And in the middle of the interview, he brings up that he has this business idea. Uh, so he says, Wait, is the rest, is the, the interview so far up until this point seemingly a normal interview? Ish for him. And it kind him, of takes a turn like, or it's got textures talking, of a RPAT interview. It, it has, but it's like generally pretty normal. He's talking about like the Christopher Nolan movie he's going to be in. He's talking about like being quarantined in the middle of production for Got Batman. <laughs> like he says some funny things, but it's like he's generally going with it. But then I guess this is <laughs> like, like the like, I got third. this idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, like three days into this like multiple day interview process, he says, uh, this is his business idea. What if pasta really had the same kind of fast food credentials as burgers and pizza? I was trying to figure out how to capitalize in this area of the market, and I was trying to think, how do you make a pasta which you can hold in your hand? And then he goes on to say (laughs) that he has a prototype for it, and he made the prototype with a panini press, and then he set up and uh, a, a meeting with I, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly Lily Masamini who co-founded Sugarfish yeah. like <laughs> like Robert Pattinson called them up and was like I have an idea for pasta you can hold in your hand and like Masamini confirmed this they had a whole meeting about it and Masamini was like it's 100% true I was not interested uh <laughs> <laughs> but, oh shit so this isn't a clown car vibe like this has no, real this is, Uh This is a long bit that he's doing. It's fucking incredible. Like, it's really impressive. So he he goes on to describe the product. He says that it's called Piccolini Cuschino. 
so oh. it's called it's called Little Pillow Piccolini Cusino. Um, he's the he's my like, little pillow guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, my pasta Piccolini. pillow guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, okay, it's Piccolini Cusino. I'll pitch it to you in this GQ interview, and maybe I'll get an investor. So he he's like, okay, I've got a prototype. They're like on Facetime. He takes out a huge box of cornflakes. Um, and he's like, oh, I couldn't find breadcrumbs at the store. I'll get cornflakes. It's the same shit. He takes out one, uh-uh. he takes out one gigantic novelty lighter <laughs> to flambe. He takes out nine packs of pre-sliced cheese. And he's like, and then you need sauce. And the writer is like, what kind of sauce? He's like, any kind of sauce. <laughs> Pattinson oh puts on God. latex gloves, put, takes out sugar and aluminum foil, builds the little piccolini cuschino and then he says okay now you have to microwave the pasta he accidentally lights one of his gloves on fire and he so now he's (laughs) holy shit so now he's hurt he has this giant like phony lighter he lights his hand on fire he's like ow 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 (laughs) then he goes back and then he burns the the uh letters p and c into the top of a hamburger bun for piccolini (laughs) cuschino uh then he puts the entire thing including aluminum foil into the microwave and says okay we're gonna heat it up and he explodes the microwave and there's like a lightning bolt that comes out of the microwave and he like takes cover all on FaceTime and <laughs> and then the microwave the breaks. F- this sounds and very similar to me drunk trying to do uh, pizza rolls. Right. Like, <laughs> Holy like, shit. And the then the he commitment. Just goes, yeah, and then he just goes back to the phone and he's like, yeah, I think I have to leave that alone, but that is a piccolini cuschino. <laughs> that's- oh my God. What a fucking ender, and that is how you uh, make it. Did he just try it on the fly? Because you learn from the aluminum mistake once. Like yeah. He knew, he knew. He knew. Uh, it's just uh, a joker, this I guy. saw the pictures, I don't know. Maybe he's- How soon till <laughs> Pattinson's the new fucking John Hamm? Who's like guy who's no. like dying no. to be no. a comedian? He's don't be- see it I'm, happening. No offense, but he's more talented than John Hamm. And no, but yeah. I mean, like he clearly has a knack for com- like he likes comedy. You know what I mean? Like he has yeah. a sense of humor. He's a little cheeky, uh, based on the Lauer shit and even this like microwave aluminum foil bit. But I wonder if like he'd ever truly be like, I thought, you know, I like to do a little more comedy. You know, I, I think, think he it's... wants to be like Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I think he wants to be yeah. like a guy that can do anything and is known for being eccentric guy. So this is, yeah, I think this is basically manufactured. Likely. So this is shitty manufactured eccentricity. I don't know. I, I kind of, he's been doing it long enough that I believe that he's a weird guy. Mm. He but, did Twilight and that's weird enough. <laughs> He did Twilight, and he was also like, if you watch his old press interviews from Twilight, he's actively making fun of the experience of being like. There was never a moment in his career where he was like deeply sincere, and then was like, yeah. mm-hmm. he's a goof, he's a weird guy. I don't know, and it is true that like really only like male actors of a certain type can like get away with this shit and not be like dismissed as like annoying or difficult, but. Right. Uh, I just happen to like how he specifically does it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Piccolini Cuschino, baby. I wait to see more from this comedian. Invest now. It does really, uh, Kim, to your point, sound, sound a lot like 
something I like my behavior when I was drunk. And mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if we'll find out that he was just a fun drunk for uh, most of his, his career. His entire adult oh. life, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, in 20 years, he's like, looking back, I was, uh, it's sad to I say this, and I don't mean to say Drunk on the I was Today Show at 6 a.m.? Every time. I, uh, yeah. Piccolini Maybe Kuskino. still drunk. And you know, like um, when you once you take on the role of a vampire, man, it gets in you, you know. And, a glitter uh, vampire, <laughs> a glitter just, vampire. Just try yeah. to. It's the only way I could go to sleep, man. Yeah. God. What a mess. Um, Kim, it's been a pleasure having you as always. Uh, oh, thank where you can guys. people find you, follow you? Uh, I'm all over uh, Instagram, the double underscore red dot, and Twitter, same. I'm on facebook if you actually use that and reddit so everywhere and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying i feel really shitty because i forgot about this part i I spent too long thinking about my uh tortilla press but i will say if you just go to my twitter you don't have to follow me but i retweet tons of uh web comics uh a lot of my friends just do this shit for fun no money so just support them all right jamie uh where can people find you and what's tweet you've been enjoying uh you can find me on twitter at jamie loftus help instagram at jamie christ superstar also highly recommend kim's comics they're the best my day they're the best um uh, well, a quick request from Zeitgang, just stay out of my mentions about the Tara Reid stuff. Not trying to get triggered in the quar. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And I- I'm going to recommend a series of YouTube videos I watched last night that put me in a great mood. I was thinking about, I watched something about Jim Henson, and I remembered this old Sesame Street segment that I really loved when I was a kid called uh, Monster Peace Theater. Uh, did, did any of you used to see that segment? I think I actually... I, I binge watched um Defunct Land last Sunday. Oh, uh and didn't they mention it? Because he was they talking a lot about it. the Muppet show. Monster so this was a Sesame Street segment from the nineties. Oh that, yeah, with Cookie Monster. Okay. With Cookie I'm- Monster, aka Alistair Cookie. Uh that was just like really good bits of like parody comedy writing from the 90s but they did like i watched a ton of them last night and they do twin peaks and they call it (laughs) twin beaks they do one flew over (laughs) they do one flew over the cuckoo's nest they do hamlet like they do some like high level shit (laughs) that is like basically just a visual joke or a really long pun but it put me in a great mood and they're all on youtube so hit hit the monster piece theater today uh miles where can people find you and what's tweet you've been enjoying Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. Also, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance. Uh, and if you play Red Dead Redemption 2, I might be looking to posse up. But uh, some tweets that I like. First is from Chase Mitchell at Chase Mitt. It says, people who defend Elon Musk talk about him like he's their high school best friend. They're like, he's a genius. You don't understand him. And then he tweets, <laughs> <laughs> and then he tweets, just installed a boob detector on the door on my man cave. And they're like, look, he's going through a lot right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, another one from Lil Piss Pants, PhD, at Applying for Job, uh, tweeted, in every relationship, there is one Robert Pattinson, completely out of his mind, and one Kristen Stewart, 
obviously gay. The reason I am single is because I am brave enough to be both. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, Sean McGowan tweeted, Michael Jordan's competitiveness was next level. And then he tweeted like a bunch of screen caps with uh, fake closed captions. Uh, one of them is <laughs> one is Will Purdue. It says, when the team would play spin the bottle on the plane, Michael wouldn't stop until he kissed everyone. <laughs> and then they have that reporter who talks like this. Uh, and he goes, he turns to each of us and says, I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to kiss you. And I'm going to kiss you. And then they just have Jordan in a game. Yelling, I am going to kiss you. <laughs> I'm sorry. After all that heavy shit we talked about, that just, it just uh. snort is rare for me, but God damn it. <laughs> yeah. We never Good. shouted uh, out that that was all I needed thread. I don't think like officially on the show, did we? Oh, the Cornell Reed one? Yeah, the Cornell Reed thread with that was all I needed is also just oh, yeah. incredible and stuff. That was all I needed. Uh, some great Last Dance content. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying Last Dance. I've been enjoying uh, the internet. <laughs> what the internet has done with Last Dance. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the <laughs> Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. I just what saw that like? photo of Michael screaming, saying, "I am <laughs> I'm going, going to kiss you." I'm sorry. <laughs> it's after he dunks on Ewing. I am going to kiss you. Find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we going to ride out on today? Uh, Kehlani has a new album out, and I uh, really like uh, this the first track on it that I was listening to. is called Toxic. Uh, just generally describing the tone of our everything, I feel like, at the moment. Uh, but yeah, this is Kehlani Toxic. The album's great. There's like tracks. There's features like James Blake uh, giving up the Damn. ghost as a featured vocalist. There's production from Kate Renata. There's like a lot of great uh, talented people working on that album. And also, just in general, James Blake's uh, Instagram, like when he starts doing those covers, oh, hunting. Check those out too. Yeah. Uh, hunting is how I like to hunting, respond to hunting. anything that's haunting. That's from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Toasty. Uh, well, guys, the Daily Zeitgeist <laughs> is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Only your acrobatics, you know I want static. Tell me to throw it back with